Hello, world. My God, and it is the world. Ah, hi. I'm... I still don't know how in the world so many people listen to this podcast and how many different countries listen to it, uh, but I'm astounded. I think we're getting close to 17,000 downloads, and uh, I'm... I'm thankful for you guys hanging on to my ADHD and the chaotic brain that I have. Um, So today we're getting into why single isn't a scary word and why I think that you should be single before your next relationship and and why I think being single and on your own is going to be the recipe for having a good relationship. And I think I think this is a really scary topic for many of you listening. Um, it's one of those things that makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes people feel uh, icky. They, they don't like the idea of being single. Um, and I think it's terrifying for a lot of people. And to be quite honest, it it was never terrifying for me to think about it. It was, um, you know, I, I never looked at being single as a means to finding myself. It was just kind of like a buffer in between relationships. And now I don't see that anymore. And it's like been this huge power up for me. And I've been able to learn so many cool things about myself that I wouldn't have had the time or the space or the uncomfortability in a relationship to learn. So let's get into it. Hey, Pleasure Posse. I'm Nell, your pleasure coach, and I'm here to kibosh the fear society has around women and V-Squad's pleasure. Welcome to Millennial Triggered. So um, some of you know this, some of you don't, but I have consciously been single for two years. Mind you, having a um, pandemic during the the two years I decided I wanted to be single um, really did help, but also made it a bit more challenging in terms of, I mean, you're at home constantly, you're not able to go out and take your mind off of things by going out with friends and that kind of stuff, and so it was, I don't know, it wasn't great, it wasn't horrible, it was just an interesting experience, that's for sure. Um, if you are signing on uh, to listen to this and you had listened to the live that I did the other day, I'm redoing it. So the same information is going to be shared here, but I just was not in my normal mindset. I think having people watch me podcast live is not great because i I um I don't feel I just I feel well I feel watched, <laughs> uh, and that's because that's what's happening obviously, and um I just uh it just didn't feel like me, and so I was I was rushing things I was trying to get the laughs in and um, I wanted to do this justice, so. I had gone into like all this detail about my ex-fiance and how I got to this point. And though I think that's, you know, valid information to have, it I wasn't able to get clear on what I wanted to like focus in on today, 
which is what exactly I learned from being single for two years um, and not consciously looking for someone. I think people... Hmm. I like to I like to push boundaries here as you know I like to push your own comfortability levels so sometimes I will call you out I don't know who you are but I'm calling you out um I don't like it when I will post about what I've learned being single and then someone responds saying like oh yeah me too just haven't been able to find anyone like no one's been right for me, really haven't been able to find someone. I'm like, no, you're not choosing to be single. You just, that the choice was made for you. You are not actively waking up every day and choosing yourself in this moment. Not that you're not choosing yourself when you're in a relationship, but you are not actively choosing the really hard part about being single, which is you are not, you're not entertaining people. You're not entertaining conversations. You're not entertaining. Now, Mind you, it's okay to have a few flirtations here and there. I think that's pretty healthy. It keeps the soul going, especially during a pandemic, and it was really hard for many. So um, I think let's just take any kind of judgment off the table, not that I'm here to judge you, but let's take some assumptions off the table for whatever you did during a pandemic trying to get through because Lord knows the first year was really hard for me mentally. And then the second year, I really flourished. So let's just get this straight. There is a difference between being single by choice and being single because, you you know, you've gone out, you're trying to find someone, you just can't. There's a difference. Um, And it's called willpower. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Fuck willpower. Oh, my God. This has been an interesting two years. Um. So let's start off with, um, well, no, I, I I have no idea. Let's just, we'll, we'll just get into it. ADHD, remember, I will just always remember, remind everyone that ADHD is a thing. Um, I should have just named this podcast Hot Pink Chaos because that's what I feel like it is. But I feel like a lot of you resonate with it. So I'll just stop apologizing and just keep reminding you that ADHD is a factor here. <laughs> um the first thing that I've learned, and I'm, I'd be really interested to know what you're learning on your journey here, is I had a pattern of getting into a relationship eight months after a relationship ended. Um, when I found that out, I was walking my dog and I was counting the months in between every single time a relationship ended and I was like, fuck off. No, it cannot be. It was exactly eight months like four times there were four periods where it was like literally I gave myself eight months in between a relationship and then I got into another relationship uh what the fuck was what the fuck man what was what's that about what's what's going on in in my body after eight months like what the fuck I, I think that's a bit concerning to be quite honest so that was really helpful to know, okay, I've got a pattern and my pattern, not intentionally, but subconsciously, I can go for a few months before getting into another relationship. And every time I would get out of a relationship, I'm not, I'm currently single. I don't know if that was made abundantly clear. Um, but every time I would get out of a, a, a relationship, um, I really loved being on my own. I loved 
just getting my place back. I'm a relationship kind of gal, so usually ugh, the guys would move in or we'd get a place together, and um, I really missed having my own pink space. Guys in pink really don't mix well. So, um, so I really took the time to enjoy so much about being on my own during those few months. And then what would happen would be I would get uncomfortable with not being admired and not getting compliments, not getting cuddles and that kind of stuff. And I'd felt I'd feel really uncomfortable and lonely. And then I'd just be like, all right, I'll go out, get some, get some masculine energy coming in and good, good. But the problem with that is I would, I was not intentionally looking for people who aligned well with my life or my wants in a relationship. I was just looking for someone who wasn't a creep, (laughs) uh, who had a job, who um, was handsome um, and probably into the gym and, um, and then was kind and didn't seem like a player. But I didn't have my... I didn't have any kind of idea of what I wanted. I just kind of had this idea of what I wanted to feel. So I think I didn't have any kind of compass. And you don't have to have a compass. But if you're wanting a relationship, um, if you're wanting a relationship to work out, I think you've got to get clear on what it is that you're wanting, what it is that you're not going to you're not gonna settle for, what doesn't align. Um, and I would get to the point where the guy – would have some things that I didn't feel aligned with that I knew I definitely didn't want to. But the dopamine had already hit, the oxytocin had already hit, uh, and and I just kind of went with it. So I'd say I wasn't an active participant. I just let the hormones push me around, those fucking bullies. Um, I also recognized in these two years of being consciously single is that I've been pursuing men who are like my father. And that's so normal, guys. That's that's fucking normal to pursue people who emulate your father, your mother, whoever raised you, um, who took like – yeah, who, who took an important role in your life, whether they were there or not. Um, you know, people who uh, you look up to. You know, you can, you can look for people – who emulate those characteristics and personality traits in a relationship. And I recognize that um, because my dad and I have a very complicated relationship, um, but I never got enough time with him because my stepmom is a... Well, that's a whole other podcast. Um, anyway, I didn't get the time I deserved with my father. Um, and my dad, my dad is pretty much of a... He's a pushover. So... He wasn't trying to make a lot of effort with me. So I didn't get – like my dad never pursued me. And that might sound odd to you, but our parents need to pursue us. Um, if we're angry or something like that, you know, there needs to be an equal balance when you become an adult of like your your parent pursuing you like, hey, I know you're upset, but I really – we need to talk about this. And then you need to do that as well. But I never got that as a child. So as a child, your parent always has to initiate the conversations. If you're upset, your parent has to initiate the the conflict resolution, that kind of stuff. And I never got that with my dad. My dad just was like, you do it. <laughs> like seven. 
okay, why are you not here? I don't, I don't fucking want to talk about it. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. So I've been pursuing men who um, emulate my father, except my first boyfriend, we'll call him Jack. Uh, the boyfriends with the pseudonyms always have the same letter as their real name, whatever, you know what I mean? So if you're coming from my past, if you're coming, if you know me personally, you know my boyfriends, you can, there you go, you can figure it out. But I was just listening to a podcast the other day where the guy was telling sex stories and he was calling, like he was saying the actual names and he was sharing about, he was sharing really intimate detail about what his girlfriend wanted him to do. And it was one of those things where it's like, we all know about it, but no one ever wants, you don't want anyone to know. And he he just outwardly told everyone on the podcast. And I was like, Ooh, no, no red flag. No, no. Um, so I, I get it. I have the urge to say the names of my, my past relationships too. Um, I sometimes, I sometimes do it on Instagram, but maybe, so maybe I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> maybe that's a red flag um, for me. Um, but so Jack was really great. My first, like the first real boyfriend that I had sex with, um, he more so emulated things about my mom. So it was a totally different relationship. All the other guys have emulated my father. I'm the one pursuing them. Uh, <laughs> I just make the relationship work and then I wonder why I'm being gaslit and manipulated and psychologically abused because <laughs> I'm going after people who are like my father. So that was something I realized. And I think just like you listening, you're probably experiencing something similar where you're pursuing someone that emulates, you know, someone that probably has not been around a lot in your life. And it's like, how do we change that? How do we rewrite that? And I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. But all I can say is that um, I'm trying to better my relationship with my dad. Oh, sorry if you there are weird noises coming from the background. It's my fridge. Um, I'm trying to, trying to work on the relationship with my dad and trying to just approach the relationship in a different way than I have my entire life. And, um, so I think as a woman who has not been proven by like men who men have not proven to me that they're going to stick around, they're willing to do their work. Let's go to therapy. Um, ready. Like, I want to ask you lots of questions, that kind of stuff. Like no one's really proved that they're going to stick around in a healthy way. So I think subconsciously I look for that. And so I'm trying to change that up and, um, I'm just, I'm just being a lot more aware I'm not dating yet, but I want to start dating. Um, I originally wanted to go for three years being single, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling, (laughs) I'm feeling the load is calling me. Sorry, I can't help it. I come from a, I come from a religious family that's like no longer religious. So I've got like those little moments where I call, oh, you know, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I felt the Lord call me. <laughs> Fuck. I had a, I won't say, I had a family member. So I'm from Zambia. Um, and so my family is, is from there as well, obviously. And I had a family member who, um, who felt called to go to like uh, work at an orphanage in South Africa. And she was like, God is calling me. And I was like, cool, man. Like, God to me is big mama. Like, that's how I see God. I see, like, 
the universe as like an all-encompassing female um like feminine energy and I call her big mama um but so that's fine like I don't yeah if you feel called to something like I've felt called to things many a times but it's just sometimes people handle things the wrong way so she got there she had never you know she's not from Africa like she's I think she visited once when she was a kid and then she wanted to go and, and be part of this orphanage and and volunteer there and it you know like when you go and work in an orphanage anywhere in Africa like shit's going to get hard. It's going to get hard. You're going to have to figure out how to bathe because the electricity is going to be going out. You're going to have to learn how to cook over a fire. Like shit, shit gets hard, man. And, um, I don't think she was really prepared for that. And she got there and she's supposed to be there for two months, just two measly months, I believe. Or four. I don't know. Anyway, the point is she was supposed to be there for a certain amount of time and she could only last half of that. And she wrote back to everyone saying that she she was done. She was like, I'm done. The Lord has called me back, has said that I've done all that I've done. And I'm like, oh, this is just if it's hard, just say it's fucking hard and you don't want to do it anymore. Don't put it on the fucking Lord. Jesus Christ. Like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Whatever. Um, I think I tried too hard to like welcome everyone <laughs> not welcome you're all welcome I think I try too hard to meet everyone's needs I'm just like listen we all have moments where we're called by a higher power or whatever that is to you but if you want to tap out and you want to quit don't blame it on the Lord oh, fuck the oh, god uh, I should have just blamed the Lord I should have said oh my my engagement my engage um, I'm ending my engagement because the Lord called me to end it fuck off oh my god anyway um adhd so um i don't know how i got there anyway i guess we'll just move on to i'm learning to use my voice um i'm a pretty boss ass bitch i'd say i'm pretty independent i don't know how you relate to yourself but um yeah, you know, I'm the kind of person who has, like, literally run into the middle of a fight of, like, this mentally ill guy who had an axe with these two other guys who were egging him on. Very complicated. Um, and I literally ran in the middle trying to get them to stop, and 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 that's just who I am. Um, I, I run. I run. There's only uh, two out of ten people, statistics say, will actually stand up and, and call out when something is wrong and everyone else will be bystanders. And that's always really bothered me because that's not who I am. I always run. I, you know, I've, I, like, I've, I've watched a pregnant woman being kicked in the stomach by her abusive boyfriend and I've, like, run downstairs with my fucking bat and chased him. Like, that's who I am. So using my voice is not something that I have an issue with in my life. But when it comes to relationships... Uh, I tend to like, I tend to lose my backbone a bit in the ones that have not been healthy. Um, and so I'm learning to speak up for what my needs are and what, what I want. Like I've all, all, every single fucking relationship, they have all wanted kids and I don't want kids. took me a bit to understand that, but I'm, I'm not having kids in my life. Let me make that perfectly fucking clear. Do I like kids? Yeah, absolutely. If I, I would love to find a partner who had um, siblings because then I could be an aunt. And I'd be a fucking great aunt. Bring those kids over. We're have, like, 
I think we should all have kids in our lives. Do I want kids? No. At one point I wanted to adopt, but now I don't. Um, I don't want kids in me. Um, I don't want... I don't want to raise kids. It's for some people like Sierra, as you know, who's who's my best friend. She fucking wants kids. I I sit with her and I'm like, wait, but explain it to me. I don't understand. Why do you want them? And it's so funny because most people take the approach of looking at me and being like, oh, wait, I don't understand. Why don't you want kids? Like, what are you going to do with your entire life? I'm like, oh, that's the point. I get to decide. And I look at people with kids and I'm like, I see the joy, but I also see that like – there's no life there anymore unless you consciously have to work. Like you have to work really hard at it. Um, and I just don't want them. So that's, that's hard because, uh, most men want them and I can understand because there's like a whole breeding need there. Um, there's just like this intense drive and desire to breed and pass lineage on. But like, I'll say this. Um, if I was a dad, I'd love to be a dad. I don't like as in me, a woman, I would love to be a dad. I don't want to like physiologically change my body. I just like, I'll take the role on as a dad. If someone else is coming in and being like, I'll take responsibility for most things, um, and organizing life and, and yeah, and you can come in. I mean, I plan to be a millionaire. I plan to have a really big business like that's just that's that's those are my goals and uh having a kid just fucks that up I mean fuck um and so if I if I could do my shit and someone else was taking care of life and organizing life and I could come in for the fun moments or I could teach them how to play baseball or something like I'm totally cool with that I think being a dad is really cool and it it doesn't surprise me that most men want to be dads because everything else is taken care of for them uh so if if there's a man out there who wants to be a mom and I'll be a dad no it's still I don't want kids (laughs) I will say this though if you're coming in and you already have kids I'm fine to be a stepmom I already I learned from the best shittiest stepmom ever I've learned all of how not to be how how to how not to be a good stepmom so I have a pretty good understanding I'm good to do kids part-time they're not mine I don't want to put any kind of money into them I'll put energy I'll take them to the pool we'll have fun we'll I'll teach them how to fix shit I'll like you know that's what the kind of role I want so I'm fine to come in as like that kind of a role uh but I don't want them full-time and I think that terrifies people to hear someone just so confidently say that I think people are like but what will you do with the rest of your life and I'm like it doesn't have to be you people are so scared of silence people are so scared of not knowing what's happening they need every possible waking moment to be filled uh and that's terrifying to me like sit with yourself sit with your trauma sit with your fucking bay unpack your bit you want you want something to do with your time unpack your goddamn emotional baggage (laughs) help us out here um Okay, I also learned from this two years of being single is that I like a whole spectrum of people. So I'm, I've am i got like an intense attraction to men. That's not a fucking – that's a no fucking brainer. But I also have an attraction to women, mostly women who have like a more of a masculine vibe. So like diesel dykes. I like, I like a woman with short hair or if you have long hair, you have to keep it in a bun 24-7. <laughs> 
Um, I like, I like women. Uh, yeah. So the last two years that I've figured that out, but I also am attracted to people who would consider themselves in between. Um, so mostly like I, I would never be opposed to dating someone who's trans or non-binary. Um, definitely have like my specific niche of people I'm interested in and vibes and stuff like that and looks, but yeah, that was new. (laughs) I also learned that you don't have to dress and look like the person that you are interested in if you are also going like the other way of liking women. So I was like, oh, fuck. So I like cut my hair and I changed my clothes. And I honestly, I did not feel myself for a year. I was like, who the fuck am I? For a while there, I was like, yeah, cool. I'm fucking hot and chill. But then I was like, no, I don't recognize myself. So I finally just put someone else's hair on me I mean like I got I have permanent extensions in now so I feel a lot more like myself and I've really needed to go through that so um there's nothing like looking in the mirror and not recognizing yourself um and that's you know where you are emotionally where you where you are physically like I think that happened to a lot of us in the pandemic and I'm finally feeling like myself the next thing that I learned is that it's not actually uh yeah it's not actually that scary to be on your own I think people are so people will stay in really shitty situations like situationships relationships um because they are terrified of what it's like to be on their own and I totally get that I had a psychologically abusive relationship with this guy um before the second one After my very first boyfriend, Jack, I got into a relationship really quickly because I wasn't having sex. And I was like, fuck me. Um, And that really should not – that should not guide your choice in a mate. Um, But, um, yeah, it wasn't – I was – here I was. I had been masturbating for, like, my entire life. Then I, like, waited and waited to, to have sex for the first time with my very first boyfriend, Jack. And it, he just wasn't, we weren't sexually compatible and he had a lot of emotional baggage, couldn't, couldn't share how he was feeling, couldn't share, fuck, like as someone who has been in therapy since I was seven, like I share my feelings. I have a good understanding of myself, the good, bad, the ugly, the amazing. And, uh, Jack just didn't, I mean, we'd have, I'd have an issue. I'd say, can you please explain like what's going on? He'd just sit in a fucking chair for an hour and look at the ground and be quiet. I'm not joking. It's not even a joke. I wish that was a funny joke. It wasn't. That was what I dealt with. So God forbid you had an issue with sex and you need to talk about it. His fucking ego was bruised so badly, regardless of how, how well I brought it up. So Um, when I got out of that relationship, I was so starved for fucking touch that I went right onto plenty of fish, found a guy who ended up being my boyfriend for two years and was the worst fucking relationship ever. But the sex was amazing. The sex was amazing. And I learned a lot from him. And, uh, but I was so terrified to be on my own because I had not, hadn't been that. I mean, I got into a relationship just before I was 19 and, um, had always been in a relationship. So I didn't know what that was going to be like. And so if I have anything to tell you, if you want to be a strong woman, if you want to be feel strong and capable in your relationships and choose relationships because you want to be in them, not because you're terrified of what will happen if you're out of them, 
be on your own for a bit because there is nothing like the fear of the unknown to keep you stuck where you are. Um, and that was my biggest mistake. I should have taken the time between Jack and uh, the other one. We'll call him, fuck, I mean, it starts with the Z. There's only one. Oh. Whatever, Z. Um, Zorro, fuck. Um, I should have taken the time and I wouldn't have been easily manipulated and had no idea what gaslighting was. I had no idea you could be psychologically manipulated um, in a relationship and found that out the hard way. So I would break up with him on the daily and I'd call him right back because I was terrified of being alone because he had there, there he had just such, done such a great job at making me feel like ugh, I wasn't going to be okay alone. So had I known what it would be like to live on my own without a partner, not have anyone else in my life for a bit, then I would have known that I could have handled that no problem and we would have been fine. Um, I would have been fine because I, 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 there wouldn't, it wouldn't be scary. The unknown wouldn't be scary. So, um, so I will say that. Um, so the next point I want to make is that Sierra, uh, if you don't know who the fuck Sierra is, you got to start at season one. Um, Sierra was both right and wrong in our episode uh, the re- called Relationships, Yay or Nay episode in season one. She said you do a lot of learning in relationships, um, far more than being single. Um, and I think most people think this way. And I think it's just because majority of people haven't actually been on their own, been single for more than a few months. Um, at first I thought, yeah, Sierra is right. You do a lot more learning in relationships than you do on your own. And then I realized Sierra's going to listen to this. I love you. See, but Sierra hasn't spent much time on her own. Um, and now I have. Um, so when we first had this conversation, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and now having to consciously like wake up and choose not to go out and find someone just to deal with my loneliness. I, um, I recognize that I am learning way too much about myself. Um, and I'm, I'm becoming comfortable with myself. And I think some people are scared. I think people get scared that like, well, if I'm single for too long, I'll get too comfortable on my own and then it will be harder to find a partner. And really, I think you're just terrified that it's going to be hard to find a partner. Um, because it is hard to find a partner. If you're looking for monogamous relationships and you're looking for someone who's going to be around for your life and who is aligned with you, it's going to be hard. I think it's hard enough for women in general. We've got men who are not, I'm going to use a very, I'm going to use the term that most people don't like hearing, but man, manning, like man, men are not manning up. Men are not being the stereotypical men, which is fine. I don't need... I, I mean, to be quite honest, I'd love for a guy that I'm dating to wear nail polish and be like super, super amped up about it and like confident about it. I just don't think men are really, men don't know what they're supposed to do anymore. And that's not their fault. It's society's fault, which is run by men, but older ones. <laughs> um, I don't think men know what their roles are because, and I had this conversation with my 98 year old grandfather a few months ago. He said, that's how he does now i'm gonna tell you something i think the best way to go about life is have your kids early have your kids early don't don't work let your husband work i mean he's coming from the fucking era where you could have four kids and live off of one salary uh but anyway 
uh, raise your kids early and then when they go off, then get into the workforce and make your money. I was like, fuck. <laughs> As if they would hire like a 50 something year old who has no fucking work experience nowadays. And what is your work experience? I raised children. Oh, sorry. Nope. So, so sorry there. Hey there, hold their neighbor. You can't. Nope, nope. We don't want your tapioca. If you don't get that reference, it's fine. I should have just left it out. But um, he said to me, my, gran- my grandfather, Art, he said, men don't know what to do nowadays because there's no war. <laughs> was, and for a bit, I was like, what are you talking about? He said, men have gone to war for so long. Their purpose has been to protect and also to get their fucking intense aggression out. Uh, and now we don't have war. N- now we have fewer women wanting to have children. We have more women out in the workforce making money. So now we don't need men to make money. We don't need men to make babies. Um, and we're starting to shed light on basically the, the, the lack of help that we're getting from men. I mean, still... 72% of women are the ones who are doing most of the household work in a, in, in a, in a relationship where both of them are working full time. The woman is still coming home and doing more of the housework and the men are saying, well, I'll do it if you ask me to do it. Like I have no problem. Just tell me what you want me to do. And women are like, no, I, I shouldn't have to tell you what to do. And this is the funny thing. I think if you were to watch, if you set up a camera and watched what like women, living on their own um, or living in like in a roommate situation without men, you would see that women don't know more than men in terms of caring for their shit. It's that when you get into a situation, it's who's going to, who's going to break first? Who wants to clean this mess first? I mean, if you listen to the early stages of this, of this, um, podcast like of the like season one you'll hear sierra and i talk about some of the things we do as single women or i mean she's not single she's living on her own though so it's women who live on her own um like you know it's not that men are sloppier than women it's that women break first because they want they 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 want something to be clean at some point we can go quite a while but at the end of the day, you still want a nice place. And I think men um, men know that. And, I mean, she's had – Sierra's told me she's had relationships where there, it's just a game where the guy just pretends he doesn't see it because he doesn't want to clean it because he knows she's going to clean it. And she's not, she's not some kind of anal retentive clean freak. She's just like a normal gal. And yet these games have been played. And I've been hearing this more and more from some of these um, – accounts that I follow that are run by guys and sharing the insights about relationships. That's something that guys do. That's like, that's domestic warfare, man. Like fuck off. Um, women don't want to do the fucking work. I don't, I think men think we enjoy it. I don't fucking want to pick shit up. You pick your fucking shit up. That was a great thing about my first relationship. Jack did, he cooked, he cleaned fucking amazing. I, I, yeah, it was, that was nice, man. Um, so to get back to my original point was that, um, you do learn a lot more on your own, I think. Um, 
you're look, there's grass is greener. You're going to learn invaluable things with a partner. But then what what you need time? Where does that time that's necessary go in between the relationships? We need to be uncomfortable sometimes in order to grow. And people are so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. So look. The first month is going to be scary of being on your own. Get some takeaway. Go get a bunch of movies. Set up your support system pillars. Like You know who you're going to call when you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, buy a good vibrator. Like Go, you know, work extra hard to create a nice space to feel safe in while you're trying to work through that hard transition point. But I'll say that... Um, as someone who's moved from relationship relationship to relationship all of my life and now taking two years for myself, I have never learned so fucking much about myself than in these two years of being single, of consciously being single. And now I'm, I'm excited because it's like time to put that into action. So um, give yourself some time. You're only scared because you're scared of being by yourself. And if you're scared of being by yourself, then you're scared of, um, you're scared of, you're scared of what you are having to come face to face with. And at some point you're going to have to do that. So either you do that at 28 or you do that at 42 after you've had a divorce and you've put all of your time and effort into a partner and kids and you've given up all of yourself until you just broke and now you're like, it's time for me to be free and learn who I am. And you have to do all of that. So regardless of it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen at 42, it doesn't happen at 28. It's going to happen when your partner dies. And you will then have like such a challenging time trying to figure out what it means to be on your own and who the fuck you are. You are your own person. You are not one person melded together. You are your own person. So you better get comfortable with her. I'm learning that oxytocin is a wild woman and not to trust her along with her friend dopamine. Fuck. I've, I've explained this a little bit um, before, but oxytocin um, essentially is like the attachment molecule. And so women have are prone to more of it because essentially when you're in the process of giving birth, you develop more oxytocin, which then allows you to attach, attach on to your child. Um, but we also get that during sex. We also get that into the lead up of sex. Um, and then that's why you get a lot more attached, but I'm going to do a different podcast on that. Um, I also have, have done that in my, um, pleasure ad master course, by the way, if you're having sex, like get the course guys, because, um, I've put everything together that we, no one talks about. So essentially if you're wanting to have sex, how do we keep you like hacking your body so you're not creating those attachments if you don't want them um how to have hard conversations how to stop faking orgasms if you've been faking them how to like have the convo but if it's not safe to have the convo how do you wean yourself out of it um how do you advocate for yourself if you have an STI? How do you know if you have an STI? What if your partner has an STI? How to just have the conversation about getting tested. Um, and then I take you into the bedroom. I show you one-on-one um, tips and tricks of what to do with your body and which toys to use to get better orgasms. And then also like partner play. So how to incorporate partners in it and everything. Shout out to my best friend who did that with me. 
Um, it's fully clothed. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, go into like vulvas, how to like, how to understand your vagina and your vulva and how to create connections with your vulva and how to stop fucking dissing it. We, we get into everything. So you can check that out at my website, nowthepleasurecoach.com under courses. It's called, what is it called? Who knows? Pleasure Ed Master Course. And you can either pay that up front, like in one go, or if you want to split that up into six payments, um, over six months, you can. And Hey, if you need a year to pay it off, then literally just email me, tell me what your needs are. And I will send you a special link that has the amount you can pay each month for however long you want. So that's my plug. Okay. I'm going to have like a little tea break here. Um, I also recognize that people feel uncomfortable with the idea that I am single and wanting to be single. I find that friends are like, so, but don't you miss like the, um, the intimacy? Yeah, of course I miss the intimacy. I'm not dead. I'm not cold. (laughs) I'm not cold hearted. Of course I miss the intimacy. Of course. Of course I want to snuggle. Of course I, of course I want my pussy licked. Like, of course I want someone to come in like while I'm like working away at the dishes or something and someone to place their hands on my hips and pull me in and kiss my neck. Like, yeah, of course. But my inner peace is worth far more than that. And because I'm working on my inner peace, when the time comes that I have found the person that I want to work at, like work on life with, then... I will be coming far more prepared and there will be less opportunity for manipulation and control. I mean, that's something that I fear in relationships because I've had it happen so much to me. So I'm working on my own inner peace and what I want and creating stability in myself so that when I'm ready, that I will be able to partake in a much healthier relationship. And I'd encourage you to think about doing that for yourself too. So I, I, you know, I also, if I mention on one of my Instagram stories that like, you know, um, if I mention that like someone kissed me cause someone kissed me the other day and I was like, mm, you're no, please don't like, no, that's not the relationship we have here. Um, and I mentioned that and someone was like, Oh my God, who kissed you? Oh my God. They want to hear all about it. Um, and I'm like, you literally haven't like messaged me any other time like I have there are so many more interesting things about me than the fact that someone kissed me (laughs) like there are all these other things you could engage with but as soon as you hear that there's a possibility of some kind of connection romantic connection or whatever some kind of sexual physically um physicalness um you like jump on and want to hear all about it. And I'm like, your world is small. Then your world is small. Of course we're all snoopy and curious and want to know like, who did you kiss? Who kissed you? Why did they kiss you? But if you're not messaging me any other time, except that, then you have a small world and you need to expand your hobbies. So I've found that, that I'm so, so comfortable with where I'm at and people who've not done this are uncomfortable And maybe you'll get to the point where you can try this um, because it is really fascinating. 
when you don't have another person to put all of your energy in, you have to put your energy into yourself. And that's, I think that's why I've been so successful in my business because I haven't been worried about trying to craft the perfect text response or how long do I have to wait to respond to them without seeming eager or having, you know, needing some space and being like, Hey, please just, you know, don't text me for the day. I'm, I'm busy. But then them having their feelings hurt and not understanding that that's just, it's called independence. It's like, I think a lot of guys, uh, and I'm being like super gendered here, but that's fine. It is my, it's my experience right now. Um, I think a lot of guys, um, take what the media says about women that we're, we're clingy. I mean, yeah, we, we can be clingy that we're obsessive. Yes, we can be obsessive, but no more than men in my experience. I've, I've had quite a few men be very obsessed with me, super clingy, um, and confused when I've been like, yeah, I just want to go do my own thing. I don't think men are used to that. And so men come into relationships being like, oh, I need my space. I need, I need time. I need my own place. Da, 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 da. And then when they come in, they're like, they, they come across me and they start dating me and I go, yeah, me too. Or I want to go take the dog for a walk at 11 at night. No, I don't want you to come. Um, please like, just don't text me. I don't feel like texting you today. They take that super personally. And I'm like, (sighs) all of a sudden they're, they're the stereotype that they originally placed on me. And really, I think the stereotype is just there because men want it. Men want you to think like to only think about them and, um, can't eat sleep or breathe. And there are times for that. Um, when I'm falling in love, there are plenty of times for that. Uh, and I enjoy it, but also there comes a point in a relationship where it's like, cool. Um, we need to now exist together and keep the romance, but like I have shit to do. And if I don't want to talk to you and respond to your text today, I, I shouldn't have to, I should, I just should just be able to say, babe, got a really busy day. I just don't feel like chatting. I'm working on shit. Don't feel like talking today. Why is that an issue? I I don't, I really genuinely don't understand why that is a big fucking issue. My ex fiance, who uh, is a Zimbabwean guy, um, he grew up in like a really, he went to boarding school. Oh, I'm getting contacted by people. No, I'm not. I'm just being told that someone posted. (laughs) Oh, it's not the guy that I want to text me back, though, you would you would think, because um, I've just started started kind of doing that. It's not the guy who was taking two fucking days to respond to my message. <laughs> um, that and that part. See, so you, like, that in that interaction just there, when you start to, like, you're feeling a bit of an interest, like someone peaks an interest in you, like, within you and you start chatting with the person like the dopamine levels rise and you kind of are like when are they gonna write back and how much time do and that takes a lot of it drains your time and so that in itself is something that I have not missed I have not missed that part but there are aspects of it now that I'm getting back into it of like oh I kind of missed this feeling of like someone's genuinely wanting to get to know me Um, and I genuinely, genuinely want to get to know them. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's all, it's all an ebb and flow and I don't really know like where I was (laughs) again. I can never remember where I left last left off, but the point I'm trying, Oh, stereotypes. Yeah. So essentially I want to be able to have my space. I want someone to be secure enough to be able to be fine with that space. The only time I found that was actually when I was having sex with someone I was partaking in having like I I partook in an affair. Essentially, I was the other woman. Um, At first, I didn't know about it. And then it continued. And I was like, this actually is ideal for me in this moment, not because you're not being truthful with your partner, but I'm kind of getting some of like the better versions of a person and I'm not required to be everything for for them and you know what it ended up I'm I I don't really think I could do polyamory um not a fan of sharing someone's genitals uh, especially if they don't know the other person doesn't know but um I did partake in that I think we've all kind of I think as women we've all been in a situation like that where we've had to figure that out but it didn't feel nice at the end of the day and I ended that um but I did enjoy I enjoyed the space I enjoyed the the lack of pressure, essentially, to be everything for someone. So, um, but then, of course, at the same time, I was like, when I wanted to have access to him, I couldn't. And that was really hard. So I'm just trying to find a healthy balance. We're almost done, guys. Um The other thing that I've learned is that there are men who put effort into understanding themselves and who are in touch with their feelings. For for two years, I've been pretty jaded because the way um, my ex-fiance acted, um, I kind of just collectively, the men I had subconsciously been going for were not men who had done their work, who had not put any time into understanding themselves other partners they're pretty selfish in terms of that way and I'm someone who really likes to sit down and ask questions I like to understand like so when this thing happened what was going on through like going through your mind and how did you overcome that like I love to ask people questions I love to learn about them uh, especially in relationships. I want to know everything about you I want to know about your ex your exes I mean people find that quite odd but I it's not that I don't see an ex as a threat. I see an ex as a learning opportunity. Um, and I want to hear all about it because it's also your experience. And as someone who's had challenges with exes who have left me with a bit of PTSD in some some cases, it's important for my partner to understand what I went through. And we're all just kind of trying to work through our shit. And you can't help but have your past come back up and deal with it. Um it's not that we live in the past and we don't live in the future. We live in the present, but um, the past does dictate how we live in the present. And if you are if you have a good partner who uh, is willing to stick with you, they're going to have to learn your pain. And if you've got a bit of PTSD, like, for example, if someone texts me LOL, I flinch because in a last relationship, LOL meant I was in trouble. But LOLOL meant there was a genuine laugh. I had my superintendent, little old lady, text LOL the other day. And I thought, oh, my God, is she angry at me? So we're all trying to work on our issues and our trauma. And 
Um, if you have a partner who is not willing to hear what you have to say or says, oh, I've heard this so many times, so why do you keep bringing it up? It's like, well, we're bringing it up because we're working through it. And um, if you if you uh, can't bring it up more than once or twice, um, then I don't think the partner really has a full understanding of emotional intelligence and what it means to collectively heal and all that kind of stuff. So I try to stay away from the word heal, but collectively transition or work through, I should say. Um, so yeah, I was, it was a bit jaded. I was like, I think for me, I'm a very independent woman. I have traveled the world. I mean, I'm 28. The things I've done um, collectively, I mean, there are plenty of plenty of women out there my age who've done these things. Uh, I just don't think there are, um, I just don't, I think it's a little bit more on the rare side in terms of experiences. So, uh, my, my dad's a wealthy guy. Uh, he used to not be, but came into a lot of wealth when I was 16. And cause I didn't spend a lot of time with him. My experiences were to be traveling and to be doing a lot of stuff. And I got opportunities to partake in cool business meetings and gain skills around his business that other people wouldn't be able to have unless, you know, I mean, nepotism. Hi. But, um, you know, it wasn't that I was going against anyone for a job. It was that I got opportunities uh, because he needed – I mean, when you live in Zambia, the it's harder to find people who are um, skilled in particular um, – uh, what do you say? Skilled in particular things. I'll just say things. Um, so coming over, being able to learn or share some of the – what I had learned here in Canada that wasn't being taught in Zambia, that was really possible. And so essentially I came essentially the way my life worked was, um, like my parents divorced when I was two. Um, my mom came back to, Z- uh, to Canada as uh, a single mom and my dad stayed in Zambia cause he's from there, grew up there. Um, and we lived really like we lived in a poor neighborhood. I lived next to a drug, no, across the street from a drug dealer that gave us freezies. The guy who lived next to us, my mom had to call the police and ask like for a criminal check because there was a rumor going around that he was a pedophile and everything. And my mom had to work really hard and she was, she did a part-time work cause she was, uh, she had a lot of chronic pain and then something happened midway through where something shifted she was able to save a lot of money and we moved to a better neighborhood where she lives now but then my dad who was just who's an entrepreneur who was trying to do his best um and find any way to make a living and create jobs for zambians in zambia something happened and his business boomed and he he's a really wealthy guy so i went from like one day having to borrow sneakers from my friend's brother because I had big feet um, and get hand-me-downs from my friends to all of a sudden, you know, I'm going on these, I'm going skiing in the Italian Alps and we're shopping in Milan and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm meeting some pretty affluential people. And um, so that changed. And I think it's hard for, and then the traveling and then my dad is, has always, he always wanted a girl and he wanted to teach his, his daughter all these cool things. So 
I have a motorbike license. I also have a motorcycle. I also know how to take apart my motorcycle and get down and clean the carburetor, which is fucking hard. I also have a boater's license. I also have been trained in how to um, drive a manual military truck, a Leland Duff military truck. Um, I know how to drive stick. I, I um, am into tools. Like, so, and I've, then on the other hand, I've I've lived in in villages and I've spent time trying to understand collective trauma that's been caused by colonialism and try to understand, you know, what it means to be a white woman and 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 how to hold space for people who have had their voices squashed and and how to understand my own privilege and, um, it's I have a. a complex background and when I share that with men particularly men it's not really a woman thing um either someone rises to the occasion and it was like this is fucking awesome you're dope um I too have had my own experiences and I feel confident in them or it's you're you've experienced way too much you seem to be more experienced and skilled in certain things and have far more um, well-laid-out opinions and thoughts about the world than I do. And I feel uncomfortable in my masculinity because society has taught me that I have to be and act a certain way as a man. Um, and that's not what I expect from men in relationships. I just I expect care and uh, emotional intelligence. I don't care if you've traveled or not. I don't care if you know how to fix a motorbike or not. Like... I'm not looking for someone to know the exact same things as me. I'm looking for someone who can respect and honor my experience and who would never look at a woman having had this experience as something that was intimidating. If you're intimidated, you need to go out and expand your world and you need to, you need to go find a way to feel good about yourself. Um, so I feel stuck at times finding men who are not intimidated by that, but also at the same time who are emotionally intelligent and to love asking questions, who love chatting with people, um, who whistle. You don't find people who whistle anymore. I fucking love whistling. I am, I, when I'm out listening to music outside walking the dog, I'll do like a little dance. You know, I don't care who sees me. I am experiencing joy and I don't think people are comfortable with public displays of joy and happiness to be quite honest I like to stop and I like to talk to people I like to sit and speak with people who are homeless and understand how they got there I like to ask like where hey like if I'm giving you five bucks what are you spending it on um I like to acknowledge people when I'm out in the grocery store I acknowledge people and I smile and I it seems to be probably just from and I'm wrapping this up now it seems to be that um I think my security in myself comes off as intimidating to many people. Um, and I find that either you're super attracted to me or you're super scared of me uh, because I'm like, there's an attraction regardless. These guys want to be with me because I pique their interest. But as soon as they're in relationship with me, I think they're terrified because well, then you have to interact with me <laughs> and it requires you to have an emotional depth. And so I've been jaded 
about men, but I'm now recognizing that there are men out there. So, um, yeah, I'm starting to meet them. Um, they're not aligned with what I'm wanting in relationships, but I'm starting to meet them. I'm starting to hear what their thoughts are and the work they've done. Um, and even people who have been in my life before, um, and caught my interest, but I was in relationships, you know, now I'm having conversations with them and I'm like, wow, you are, you, you're deep. You seem to have an appreciation for some of these things that I haven't felt appreciated around. So, um, yeah. So I think, um, as now I'm wrapping this up, I think being a woman who has taken time to understand what she wants and doesn't want in a relationship, um, understands, I mean, having to understand like where I'm, I'm weak in relationships as well. Um, what happens is you're a lot more aware of what you need in a relationship. So it's scary because it's harder to find someone, but it's always been that it's always been that because whether you knew it consciously or subconsciously, like you were dating people, you knew it didn't feel right. And then you had to move on to the next one. So regardless, you're moving on to the next one. It just felt different because there was always someone like there was a roster, someone always coming in and out like a conveyor belt. Whereas when you finally figure out and put word and name to what it is that you're looking for, then you're not bringing in as many people into your life. And so it feels, therefore, feels a little bit more lonely or less physical contact or whatever. And um, that can feel uncomfortable. So subconsciously, you already know what you want, what you don't want, what you're looking for, what you're not going to, you know, put up with. Um, But you're just, it's starting to come out piece by piece in your relationships and the people you're dating and the hookups that you're having. And it's slowly being pieced together. It just doesn't feel as like you're as lonely because you've got people coming in and out right now. So that's what I have to say about being single. So as I go out and start talking to people and um, look to start dating again, I have a better understanding of what it is that I want in relationship, how I want to feel, the conversations that I'm going to have with with people um and not sacrificing my needs I think women sacrifice their needs a lot so that's what I've learned from two years of being single and um I'm really happy I I'm really happy I feel confident now in my next steps um the dad issues are always going to be there but I feel confident in what I've done and where I'm going and who I'm looking for and what I'm going to be noticing. So um, I encourage you to do the same. If you've not been single for more than a few months, try and put two more months on top of that and get through and just wean yourself into it. If you are um, terrified of this, get through one month you're in your life, you'll have to go through things like this. It's inevitable. So just adjust. You're gonna have to do it at some point. So adjust sooner rather than later. Um, and get good takeout, get good takeout, get a good stability of friends and family that you can contact when you're feeling low. Um, and you can do it. So I am encouraging you. I am I am challenging you to get out there and to learn more about yourself so that you have um, 
you have less issues and concerns in your relationships and as you date. So, okay, that's it for this week. You can find me at nalthepleasurecoach.com or nalthepleasurecoach on Instagram. You can also find my courses and everything on the website. And if you want to be a podcast guest, then you just have to go to my website and there's a little button that says want to be on the podcast and you click on it and you answer all my questions. Okay, bye. Bye.